Everyone dreams of being their own boss, setting their own hours, working on things that they love and making a living out of it. It sounds like that perfect pathway to a balanced life and income. Perhaps even being the next giant of industry and business, raking in the big bucks and wealthy lifestyle. And it comes to the flashy title too, an entrepreneur. But take it from me, being an entrepreneur is no mean feat. It comes with its fair share of stresses, heartaches, sleepless nights, and the reality that everything that happens to you is a consequence of your actions with no safety net. It's also sure does sound larger than life and something that is out of reach for most people. Sure, it sounds gloomy, but there is this spark of life's brilliance when we realize we are entrepreneurs every day. On this episode of Talk to Me, I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Willem Gauss, from South Africa. He's an international speaker, trainer, and an advocate of business and innovation at an everyman level. Fun fact: He has spent about ten thousand hours on his personal development over the past twelve or so years. Staggering numbers. We talked about what being an entrepreneur actually means. How crucial is it right now? Is it only exclusive to businesses, or is it something that you can practice at work? We had a debate: the importance of relationships in entrepreneurs and being business owners. Thinking of complexity, but starting at simplicity, and to stop thinking of selling to customers, instead thinking about serving yourself and people. Oh, and we also had a quick fire round at the end on how you can overcome ten challenges of becoming an entrepreneur. Have a listen. All right, so we are here again for Talk to Me, episode nine. Oh my God, this is going to be an episode because I got Willem, Willem. Willem Gauss from South Africa, international speaker, trainer, business and in uh, well, trainer in the innovation and business space. See, my mind is already going in hyperspeed because mm, I like that. <laughs> this man who I'm talking to, he is like a bullet train, but um, in a good way, in a good way. And the reason why we're here, and the reason why I got Willem on board, actually, first and foremost, Willem, do you want to say hi? Hey everybody! Uh, thank you for tuning in, and uh, Nagesh, thank you for having me. It's always nice, and I, I look forward to a lively debate on some points because I I am the uh, quintessential contrarian, <laughs> and I am usually the guy in the back going like, "No, sorry, but uh, <laughs> you're a bit off point there." You're the guy. Um, in the, you're the guy in the lecture hall when a lecturer is seriously explaining something, and you're like, ah. But no, 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 I no, don't sorry. think so. So oh, that's, that's the guy I've yeah. got here today. So Can this I is get gonna... a tissue there to, to wipe what you were talking just from my ears? Because of... <laughs> what were you saying? If you only can see what he just did and you will get the graphic <laughs> image of what he meant. But also not to forget, we have Sashi in the room as well. He's never going to open yeah. his mic and say hi, but he's there, producer guy. So from time to time, if we need some help, we'll call out to Sashi. So Sashi's there with us and today we are here and the reason why I got Willem is because we're going to talk about this topic called entrepreneurship. But more so, we're going to talk about how can you be an everyday entrepreneur, right? Mm. But maybe let's start with this, okay? Um, maybe Willem, I want to get your thought on this. Many people talk about being an entrepreneur. Many people feel that, you know, that's kind of flashy, that's nice, that's the in thing right now, but... 
maybe the most important question is this, what does it actually mean to be an entrepreneur? What does that mean to you to be an entrepreneur? That's a very good question. I, I like that. Um, yeah, as you know, I play in the entrepreneur space and I do entrepreneurial development, although mm-hmm. I of late have, I, I don't like the term entrepreneur anymore because oh. everybody's a, a freaking entrepreneur nowadays. Yeah. And especially in my, my pre-incubator mm-hmm. uh, program, mm-hmm. what makes it such an amazing success is that I don't develop entrepreneurs, I develop business owners. Okay. Okay. And um, Like maybe I want to ask this question. Why, why do you see it differently? What, what's the difference between a business owner and an entrepreneur? Right, that's a good question. So I define a business owner as somebody who builds a business within the confines of their direct financial needs. And the growth okay. of that business is determined by their growing personal needs. Right. Whereas okay. an entrepreneur builds a business outside of their direct financial needs, and the right. growth of that business is determined by a greater vision or a mission. And is, but is that so wrong? No, neither is wrong. That's right. the perfect thing. Right. It, it just... I'm starting something because my kids are hungry mm. and I lost my job or I have this thing and I'm a worker who's mm. creating my own job mm. and it's that own job is my business. While mm. the entrepreneur goes, you know what? I want to change this. Right. Let's go and do that. So I've played both roles in my life. So mm. I've been a business owner in many businesses, but mm-hmm. when it comes to my pre-incubation program, I want to create 10,000 jobs. Right. That's my entrepreneur side where I go, I'm not building this to feed me. If I did, I would be as big as a building because I Mm. will be making so much money Mm. that I can't eat enough. And that's not the goal of it. The goal there is just to to make a shift. How can I make the world better Mm -hmm. by adding a few thousand jobs? Right. Okay. Mm. So the way you kind of placed it and the way it's jogging in my mind right now is if you consider a business owner, the space or the confines of thought is to themselves, right? Like what are the things or what are the problems I want to solve for myself, for my space, for my needs in order for me to live my life versus an entrepreneur is what would be this existential problem that I want to solve? Maybe some big world problem or I want to disrupt something that has been going on for a while. So me as an entrepreneur, I'm going to see things that way. Well, I, I see both having the same, it's, it's a problem. Right. Because it's just uh, the business owner might see the problem of my direct needs mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> how do I feed my family right. while the entrepreneur goes, my problem statement in this is mm. this isn't how it's supposed to run. This is right. not how it's supposed to work. So if you look at, you know, look at space now. Mm. There's so many space entrepreneurs now, and mm. they just went like, well, NASA and the governments can't own this stuff. We mm. want a slice of the pie as mm. well. And, mm. and they did it. Mm. Mm. I take yeah. my hat off to them. Yeah, this is the, that whole story of SpaceX, right? Yeah, I mean, that's one. You know, as much as uh, Elon Musk is a multi-billionaire right now, but I think that vision of you know what, space should be something achievable by anybody. And I think if anything, for me personally, entrepreneur or being an entrepreneur or entrepreneurship is creating possibilities for anyone, for everyone without the hurdles of 
thinking of what was before. Oh, that's, that's a good I, one. Yeah, that's mm, how I kind of thinking kinda, of what was before. Yeah, yeah, that is true because um, if you look at the great disruptors right through uh, history, mm. usually they come from outside of an industry, mm. and they look into it and they go, "Hey, what's this?" Mm. and um, I want to add to that. So I have two mentors in in my life. Right. That mentor. So I have my coach, my peer coach, and then mm-hmm. I have two mentors. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in 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 leadership, innovation, and entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. My one mentor is in defense industry, defense right. and aerospace, right, and oil supply, right. And the other one is in broadcasting, right. And the nice thing why it's completely different yeah. why I have them <laughs> is because when I lay my amazing plans of world domination, oh, we need to edit that out. <clears throat> I'm kidding. Um, uh, you, you should have seen the stuff that you moved out of screen just now. That's all yeah, his plans yeah, over there. <laughs> yeah, let me just move that thermonuclear warhead. Um, the point there is they're going to look at it as a layman and go like, why are you doing this? Mm. What's the reason for that? What's the purpose for this? And I go like, oh, this go like, makes no sense. Why mm. are you guys doing this? And I'm like, mm. well, mm. it's always been done this way. And, right. and that's why I have those people in my life because they understand what I do very little. Taking at that point that you just made. So in recent times, more so than anything, or maybe because this is my reality. I was born in the eighties. So, my reality growing up is, of course, early years, it was that whole, you got to get a good job. You got to get a good job. You got to get a good job. And at some point when I was in my 20s was when this whole fad of entrepreneurship started coming around. Like mm-hmm. people were saying that, you know what? Why get a job when you can create your own job, when you can create your own time? But that whole thing is so... I don't know. Sometimes when you go read about entrepreneurship and you read about the things that you got to do, it gets just so very complex. People kind of say like, you know what? I, I don't need this. It's not important. But my question to you is right now, more so than any, we know the world we're, we're living in at the moment, the world where we are in perpetual lockdown, we are in our houses. Uh, this is going to be our reality for the next few years. And even after that, uh, businesses are going to change. They're going to invest in things that, you know, doesn't mean it's going to go back to the normal that it was. How important it is, is it right now for someone to inculcate either to become an entrepreneur, a business owner, inculcate entrepreneurship in themselves? Oh, absolutely. You know, it doesn't matter if you follow a career or not. Mm-hmm. I'm fortunate that I, I, I'm very familiar and intimate in some levels with all the different uh, aspects of it. I grew up in, a, in an entrepreneurial household, so mm-hmm. that's the only thing I knew. Mm. But a few of my friends are highly successful intrapreneurs. Intrapreneurs? And I mean, okay. next level type of stuff. These guys play large. So, um, like, you will be the head and the person working under him just recently sold their business for a few hundred million. So, it's it's not that it's a small little team with different thinking. It's people who are like that. And especially in a career, if, if you still want to follow the career, you know, you need to think like an entrepreneur, trying new things, reducing risk, 
doing things, bootstrapping type of things, because that's what are going to put the results that you get in your career and job above head and shoulders above everybody else. And you're going to be unique and you're going to be unfireable. If that's ever a word. But yes, you know what? Uh, jobs disappeared. Jobs actually disappeared. Um, I, I mean, the other day I bumped into somebody. They've been in a job for eight years. I'm like, what the hell? Why? You know, can I call your boss and get you fired? You know, it'll be a favor. But yes, in the current environment, I think more and more people are waking up to that because of also the issue of underemployment. Many people are underemployed in, in the current state and, state and you have to hustle. And that is, I, wouldn't, I hate the term new normal, that's the new future. Right. And if right. You, you don't know how to hustle in your career, hustle outside of it, dude, you, it's going to be your life. To If I could paint that, it would be a slice of white bread with mayonnaise on it. It's as exciting as it's going to get. That, I, I'm trying to envision that, but that's as plain as it gets. Bland. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you mount that on a white wall. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> white bread yeah. with mayonnaise on a white wall. If anybody is listening to that, think of how plain that looks like. And that's how life can be if you don't explore. And I think I, I like that, that thought process that we're going on right now. Because this is something which I try to practice a lot with the teams I have. Right. And, and a, a key thing. And you, you said that really well. And I also hate this term a lot when someone says new normal. That is our mind, that, that mind of ours, which has been comfortable with whatever we've been doing, trying to say new, normal, that I will get myself normalized to this thing sooner or later. So that's why this is the new well, normal. That's a setup. That yeah. is a setup. And I kind of don't like that because nothing is going to be normal, even if things didn't change the way it did right now. Change is probably the old, the constant that constant that happens every day that yeah. something is going to change something in your life will change something around your world yeah. will change at least your underwear will change that is also definite I, I think that's the best way to put it like you know what <laughs> you've got no choice but to change that and everything around you does change like even your even even your clothing got to change so think about that if you want things to be normal even your clothing's change well i, I want to add to that so yeah. when my um when my son was close to turning eight and uh, I realized he, he doesn't like doing multiplication in math and I looked at him and I said my son aim for simplicity and complexity will follow aim for complexity and simplicity will follow obviously not being eight yet he went like what and I said to him, if you consistently <laughs> that, 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 try that's being, that's being cruel and unusual to an eight year old child yeah, no, but here comes the fun thing. And I said to him, if you try to avoid the difficult things in life consistently, as life moves forward, things will get exponentially difficult. But if you always try to do the most difficult things, as life moves forward, it'll become exponentially easy. Right. Took him two months to internalize that, and it had a major shift in his work at school, and he performs like mad. The point there is, even if you adjust to the supposed new normal, buddy, that is a plateau. You're, you're sitting, you're standing still, so now somebody can aim for the target on your back. Aim for the difficult stuff. And 
And it's not the new normal. It is the current environment. This is, this is what I wake up in and I go like, oh, oh, this is what I face today. And let's handle that. And tomorrow you will wake up and it will be different. But you just adjust to it. Uh, I don't know if you read the uh, uh, have read the Tao Te Ching. No, I've not read that one. And uh, Lao Tzu. And what I like there is be like water, because water will flow around any obstacle. Water is powerful enough to cut through the land and create valleys, cut straight through anything in its way. But here comes the fun thing: try to attack water. You're an idiot. Like, yeah, like a crazy person by the, by the river. Bad <laughs> exactly. water. And they're like, what? And, and following paragraph, they go, it's if, 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 you, if you don't like to change, you're like dead wood. You're brittle and you break. So be like water. I, I like to read a bit of the Dada Ching every day or every second day. It's, it's quite nice. It's just to go. Um, one thing I like to do with my coaches when I do business coaching, and I said... Most of the world live in a world of, of, most people live in a world of gain and loss. Right. But the master lives in a world of transformation. Mm. I think that's the key word that we're actually looking for is the, the consistent transformation. Because change, if I say, Nagesh, change is constant. I go, oh, it's this outside uh, antagonist with a a prod just going hey 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 and oh that's irritating but if, if if i go live a life of transformation that awakens within me that child it goes like ooh, ooh, what's going to be it today what can i do today how can i transform today to be able to do to more tomorrow to this point i'm agreeing with whatever you're saying because even this whole concept of being an entrepreneur doesn't mean that you go start your own business within a company you can do that as well the little things, the little things that you do every day. And when you think of, of solutions you're solving, not just for the fact that you want to finish a task, but you're solving it because that's going to create value in the world. That's going to create mm-hmm. value for your business. Yes. But you talk about transformation. And I'm not going to mince my words by saying this, but people are naturally lazy. People are naturally lazy. No, they're, they're going to. They're they're That's going a to. Okay, lie. No, go, I go completely talk, agree with you. Yeah, but go talk to somebody. Go talk to somebody and say that. Okay, you know what? Live a life of transformation. You know, you gotta. I advise you to do these kind of things and all that. Sure, it sounds great. Yep, someone comes to a talk, listens to all that, feels inspired, goes back home, and then they're like, but you know, I kind of like things the way they are and maybe i'll change this small little thing maybe i'll start with that the rest of it is uh, not really necessary uh, you know and and when you try to push them even more and more and say that you know what if you want to get better you got to embrace this you got to know that everything around you like you say it's like water it changes it doesn't stay still it transforms itself you got to do that, but people naturally don't want to change. They, they resist transformation. They resist change because to them, it takes too much energy to do that. How do you get people to move? There's a great author, uh, Wallace Wattles. He wrote a book in 1910, The Science of Getting Rich. And he says, and he, he, I never found somebody that uh, surmised so beautifully, he said it is the mental slothfulness of the working class that keeps them 
at the station where they are at. They would rather do eight hours of physical labor than 30 minutes of sustained thought. And I thought, damn, that, you know, 1910, you can still say those things in the book. But it, it's difficult to think, to, to sit down and think is difficult. And, and how do you smash through that? Uh, by increasing the pain. That, that's it. it. It just increased the pain. And if, if you wait long enough, life will show up uh, w- with a baseball bat with some nails in it and go like, good morning. I'm here <laughs> to add some pain so that you can shift. And, and I had that. I mean, five years ago, I lost my biggest business. All the signs were there. It's coming. Okay. This company is going to pull out and you're going to lose. I made a few hundred thousand a month and it took me an hour a month. Okay. That was nice. And I knew it was coming, but I did nothing. And then life came one morning in November and said, ha, this party stops today. So increase the pain. Either you can wait for it to come or you can pay somebody like a coach to do that for you, or you can do it yourself. Pain coach comes, yep. comes in a package, baseball bat with nails. But, but that, that's the key thing. It's, it's, and as a speaker, you know, I've spoken at some of your events. The program that I present for you, Inside Risk really does massive shifts within people. I mean, because you, you get to face yourself on some, we increase the pain quite drastically in there because people have to be, see themselves. But irrespective of who the speaker is, and, and that includes Tony Robbins, if 5% of an audience makes the shift, you, you're doing bloody well. But also, let's, let's look at it from a different perspective. How many things have you known in your life that you need to change, but you never did? And you knew how to change them, but you never did. Just like they said, when the student is ready, the teacher will show up. Right. So I think we should also respect the position where I am at. I mean, I started running and I ran past this person who I've, when I still walked, they ran past me every day and I go like, I'm faster than you. No, 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 no. They're on a different training program that I, they're at a different stage of their training. Keep to your own bloody swim lane. That's something interesting to hear right now, because I do keep on saying this to the people I deal with as well. Like, you're right, run your own pace, run your own game, run your, run your own race, because you don't have to chase after somebody. Stop chasing, stop chasing the rabbit, right? Just stop chasing the rabbit, because you are doing what your reality is right now. Maybe you're right, that moment hasn't reached. And unfortunately, unfortunately, we are creatures like that where we need something to sort of shock us out of where we are, a crucible moment, if you want to call it, to shock us out of where we are before we start saying, okay, you know what, I've got to shift a little bit. And that saying that you just said, which is at the right moment, the right teacher will come. Yeah, when you're ready. When you're ready. And and I think... I'm going to look back at something that I had in my life before and I never saw it that way. I only saw it as, you know what? It's just one of those things I did and I had to realize it in pain and then I shifted. Um, Like you, my early part of my life was actually, um, I was in real estate and real estate is big bucks. It's huge, big bucks. And Did you wear a cheap suit? No, I wore an expensive suit. I did. Well done. I would pay to see you in a cheap suit though. 
<laughs> Would you now? <laughs> But getting back to point, getting back to point. <laughs> I remember that point in my life, and perhaps you're right. It's because I was not ready for the lessons that would dictate or that would teach me to do what I'm doing right now. I was not ready for it. And the way I was practicing my life as well, I was getting a lot of money, a lot of money to the point that uh, in Malaysian ringgit, I was sort of uh, spending a grand a day kind of thing. So that's the kind of money that I was getting. Damn, respect. Yeah, but the problem was being young and getting that kind of money. Well, you know where the story is going. I, I, I didn't know how to use it well. And at that point in time, I was sort of like an entrepreneur. I was sort of like an entrepreneur at that point in time because of my own business that I'm running because it is my clientele, the people I transact with. But I didn't have that realization that good times don't last. Good times can end. And you got to be ready for that. Abruptly. I love that word, abruptly. Usually does. It, it's cliff time. You go like, yeah, ah, and they drop. And that's exactly what happened. Like, I remember This was 2007 when I started. And that was good times because Malaysia kind of uh, had this this taxation that they removed called the real property gain tax. They removed that. So people were transacting like nobody's business and it was hot pockets. Everybody was really making it big at that point in time. And I didn't bother thinking that, you know, at some point, this is going to change. I thought that this is going to continue. I'm going to be good. I've got my life set. You know what? I'm young. I might as well enjoy this right now. Then came 2008. Who knew that the world economy was going to blow up the way that it happened? And when that happened, you're right, that cliff came really fast. It came really fast and I dropped off the ledge and went down really quick. So I went from having that kind of money to spend to literally zero. I lost 95% of my income in 30 days. It's entertaining. It's entertaining now that I think about it. But one thing you made me shift to look at the whole thing was... I always saw it as, okay, it's just a moment in life. It happened. I had to shift things around, but I never looked at it from the standpoint that, yeah, at that point, if you brought me someone who told me, look, you got to be ready because business shifts from point to point. Uh, you got to get your money up straight. You got to put it in different spaces. You got to invest in different things. I wouldn't have listened. So I wasn't ready for the teacher. It's, it's like a smoker. A smoker knows you have to quit. I was smoking five packets of cigarettes a day, a hundred. I was doing a hundred. And I knew this, I'm going to die. And then I woke up one morning with a pain in my lung and I went like, oh, I went from a hundred to zero like this. And, and that's the thing is, but that brings me to an important point. It's about the people that you surround yourself with. That's very critical. Now, this has been beaten to death, but I found another author that really summarized it uh, very well, and I'll uh, use nice words. And he said, if you walk through dog poop, dog shit, it'll stick to you. And, and that's the thing is if, if to see it that way, you know, what do you want to have latch onto you? And if you surround yourself with people that agree with you or entertain your victim mentality, woo-wee, life is going to be tough for you. Okay. That, that's why, I don't know if you've ever worked with Dutch people. They're amazing. They're intelligent. They're tall as hell. It's like sky, sky, skyscrapers with legs. But it, it's as if they have no filter. They will just bluntly tell you, this is it. And a lot of people have an issue with it. I invite that. So I have three Dutch people in my life go like, 
give me the non-filtered idea, please, straightforward, don't don't mess around. I, I remember that because one of one of the guys I was um, I was actually helping out during my time doing uh, real estate was actually a Dutch guy. And he was that. I, I was trying my whole spiel of like, oh, you know why you should get this because of this, this, that. And he's like, he literally, literally just immediately looked at me and like, cut the bullshit. I need a home. I need a place to stay. I'm moving here. Just tell me what works well for me. And that's what you need. It's, 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 it, that's why early in the conversation, you said the complexity of entrepreneurship. And entrepreneurship is not complex. It's as simple as that guy says, cut the BS. I need a place to stay. I want to stay there. Let's do it. And if you look at, let's go starting a business. I need a product, a service, and a customer. There we go. It's, it's as simple as that. So case in point, you guys sell training products, yes? And training courses and events. Okay, cool. Uh, by the by, I, I am speaking at an event, and I have a database of about uh, 10,000 people I can sell your products now. I have a business. I'm doing business. I'm making money. Okay. Because you don't have a business. Oh my goodness. I've worked with people that they, ha they have an office, they have business cards, uh, registered business, bank accounts, and for six months they didn't invoice Jack. Nothing. And I said, You don't have a business. You have no. I always think back to that Robert De Niro gangster movie. You have nothing. You have nothing. And, and the point there is you need to make money, then you have a business. Right. If you don't have a paying customer, you have nothing. You have, a, you have an idea in your head and it, it's going to blow up in your face quite quickly. Complexity and, and anybody listening to this, if you're underemployed, if you're retrenched, oh, not retrenched, let's be politically correct, uh, right-sized. Right-sized? Yeah. Because we're right-sizing the company to the economic um, environment wow. and our customers' needs and demands. Wow, that's a, that's a term now, right-sizing? Mm. It's like they shake your hand with the right hand and they have a rubber glove on the left hand. And you know where that puppy is. Uh, imagination, people. Imagination. Think what happens with a... <laughs> And with the rubber glove. It's as simple as that. And, and um, if you look at the pre-incubator, I don't know if you looked at the video testimonials that I have on that. And people go, you don't need money to start a business. You can start a business today and have money today. And we go, like, I haven't registered the business. Invoice in your personal name. Sort the tax issues out later. Okay? Wait for tax season and you'll get it. But if you're hungry now, eat now. Make money now. And it... It is so simple. Business is so freaking easy. And I wish people would understand this. And, and to that point, I sort of want to bring it back to if you are in an organization. And we talk about this a lot because whenever we do work, right? Whenever someone says that I got this task to do, if you're doing it like a robot and just doing the tasks, you're not really seeing exactly why you're doing it as well. Or if you are one of these very creative people and you're coming out with grand plans and you're putting plans in place and you're having this great project timeline and you say, ah, yeah, I'm a good project manager. No, what exactly you said is kind of true. You don't know what you got until you see a result of it. And you can't measure what you're doing until you see what that result is showing you. And, and a simple case like this would be as an entrepreneur, you don't have a business until the business is transacting and you have money flowing back and forth. That's when you got a business. 
in an organization, if you're an entrepreneur, you need to create something that produces results, results that you know that is measurable, which tells you that, is this going the right way? Is this giving me some results? Is this something that I can further work on to make better? So I think that that is one very key point to everybody's listening. Like, don't get into it thinking that you got a business when you've created an idea, a product, you've got an office, you've got a plan, you've got a timeline. That's not a business yet. That, that's just fancy, fancy words and a fancy proposal. You've got a business when money starts transacting back and forth. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's the key thing. I, I remember the one guy on my program, he started three days before the end of a 21-day program. And uh, the one day that he attended class that, that the afternoon, two hours after class, he left with six business ideas and he had his first paying customers already. First one paying customer already. And you're like, well done. You got a business, dude. And it's and and then people go like, yeah, but shouldn't I look for <clears throat> you know product market fit and what is the problem statement? You know, I chuckled when he said, what's the problem statement? Problem statement might be behind. Okay, there's somebody with a need. I got stuff. It works for it. Nah. And if I have something in my pocket and I go to you, it looks like you need this. And you're like, no, I would go like, okay, do you know somebody who needs this? Move, make a plan. And, and that's it. And, and think about it the following way. You know, I hate entrepreneurship because it's the biggest BS on earth because it doesn't work. Okay. I, I despise it because uh, I, I stumbled upon research and I found, I said, um, the best thing about entrepreneurship is quitting and finding a job because they found entrepreneurs earn on average 35% less in income over a 10 year period compared to if they remained in their own career. Okay. And because entrepreneurship is designed to only look after the customer and not you. And that's why entrepreneurs suffer. However, if you look at what I'm trying to do, and I always ask myself, how can I serve more people? And especially now with my, my job creation drive, I want to create 10,000 jobs. I'm going like, who has people that I can serve? So I went to see a CEO. I have 5,000 people. Yeah, get on board, bud. Can, can I serve those people? And I think don't look for a customer. I, I like to use the term to serve people because every time I say people, I, I can see somebody's face in my mind. When I say customer... I'm seeing a segment and it's, I'm seeing almost like a mannequin. There's, there's no heart there. And if you're just looking for somebody to serve, that's it. I can serve you in many ways. I, I can, I can do fireworks. I can do strategy. I can do training. I, whatever the case may be, just go and serve people. But remember to start with yourself first. And that's interesting. Cause I, I tried imagining that as well. And, you're right. If you think about a customer, you're thinking, you're thinking along the lines of, yes, market segments, demographics, value of customer, right fit. But if you're thinking of a person, it becomes, going back to that point, you've got something which may be complex, an idea, but you want to try to make that complex thing simple. Think of a person, and it's rather easy to understand or to find out what a person needs and to help that person. A person, you can listen. A person, you can understand what they want. And then you can say, hey, 
I can get you what you want. But if it's a customer, then you're going to get super scientific with this whole thing. And by the time you decide what you're going to do, you're not serving anybody anymore. One of the biggest fears I found in, in small businesses, and I hazard to guess more than 90%. So I, I, I coach and mentor a lot on these incubator programs. And then you get there six months in, you ask these guys, hey, where's your business? No, no, we're waiting for funding. Oh, cool. Tell me about your product. No, this, this, and this. And they're like, cool. How many customer interviews have you done? Nothing. People will be, I will take three coaching sessions over three weeks to get what's happening. What? No, because this, this, this. So what I do now, uh, if the coaching is in one of these uh, entrepreneur centers, I say, well, you get the hell out of this meeting room. You see there's 25 people there? You go and do it now. I'll see you in 10 minutes. I'm going to make coffee. And 100% of the time when they come back, their eyes are the size of saucers. And you're like, nobody likes our product. Well done. Good start. You're six months in. Let's see how we can remedy this puppy. And, and I think it's a term customer. Because I, I think if you think of a customer, you, you're looking at them almost from a, a, a prostitution perspective. <laughs> Imagine, imagine you, you're outdating and I'm thinking of customers. How can I serve more customers? I'm like, no, how can I serve more people? How can they have more Willem in their hands? Yeah. I, I don't know how good that, that thought is. Like one Willem is more than enough. Maybe I'll get some emails. Like, Hi, how you doing? <laughs> but the point there is it's, it's about that human connection. When I tell you, Nigesh, go and talk to, to 10 people. That sounds fun. Go and talk to 10 customers. Uh, that's, that's scary because they, they hold my financial future in there. No, they don't. You think they do. But odds are very good that they do not. They don't care about what you do. So just go and talk to people. You know, be a people person. I, I like B2B. You know, what, what's B2B? Well, Tanitum is saying B2B is business to business. Nope. Belly to belly. Billy to Billy. Billy to Billy. Even in COVID, walk out with your mask and go like, hey, how you doing? Okay. Can I have a conversation with you? And, it, and it's easy to spark that. You also sort of mentioned how a person can get past the fear. Everyone is super fearful when you say, look, just pick up the phone and call the person. Just go over and talk to the person. And when you say that, someone just goes, mm, uh, can't I just send a message or an email? Can I send them a survey? <laughs> Let me create a funnel and a social media campaign. And I go, dude, okay, I understand stuff can be automated, but business is relationships. I always bring everything back to a relationship, okay? Now, try to automate a first date. You know, I'll be, I'll be interested to see that happen. Good God, I'm sitting on the sidelines. You and I, I'll bring the popcorn and we're sitting there and go like, let's see this mushroom cloud form. And you, you can't do that unless you've been on a few dates and everything else and you start getting that. You, you need to go and do that to, to get comfortable with your customer and understand them. And, and that's why I'm against oh my goodness, all this technology. Oh, we have this and is it scalable? Scale my butt. Who says it can only scale through technology? You can scale through people as well. In the end of the day, I think this is also important. Technology, I wouldn't say it's bad. I think they serve its purpose. It does help you reach more people. Great. But in the end, that was the key word right there. It helps you reach more people. 
in the end of the day, the other person on the other end of the technology that you're working with are still people. So you've got to still reach out to people one way or another. And it's not just relying on the technology. You still got to talk. You still got to interact with people. And if anything, if we go back to what we're talking about here today, which is the everyday entrepreneur, what's the simplest thing? It, it may seem like the most complex thing, but one of the simplest things you can do is to build relationships, talk to people. The relationship you have with your spouse or partner is exactly the same in business. I tell people I have deeper conversations and more open conversations with my business partners than the person I'm involved with romantically or privately because there's money involved. And, and it's about having that openness to go, this is what I want. This is what we're building together. I see it helping me achieve this. And then they go, wow, I never saw it that way. Okay. I want to use this platform for something else. And we, we need to have that conversation. You know, it's, it's almost like dating your business. Yeah. And in a sense, you're dating your customer as well. It's quite a polygamous relationship, this. But, but you have to understand, and it's not, you know, I, I'm busy in three things, but I run three different brands. So the leadership thing you guys do as well, that's inside risk. My innovation is, is venture designers, and then my entrepreneur stuff is the human entrepreneur. But I still connect with people as a human being. And the people that I bring in to help me with my training are human beings who connect with other human beings. Yeah. And you can scale through human beings. There's a, there's a brilliant company out there. It's an international company. They do billboards around the world called JC Dachau. And from the day they were formed, I met the CEO here in South Africa. And their corporate strategy is maximal employment. Maximal employment, what does that mean? So how can we employ as many people as possible? Okay. And they invest in people. What the hell is wrong with this? Everybody, what about 4IR? I live in Africa. Okay, I'm in Africa. You know what my favorite business is? Low-tech, no-tech. Because that stuff flies in Africa. Okay, it's, it's not that I want this. I just want to transact and do this stuff. And that's the stuff that works. The bulk of the world still functions on low-tech, no-tech. We just think differently because we always buy from Amazon and stuff like that. But step back and ask yourself, really, what, what of the business that I do and buy and spend my money is really high-tech? It's simple transactional relationships that you have. I've got a simple example of that, which just happened this weekend as well. So I have this practice where um, I'm a techie. I'm a geek. I'm a techie geek. I like techie stuff, like hardware, not software, but hardware. But I have this thing where I don't want to waste anything I have. So anything I buy, I keep really well because I know that I am going to transact this at one point, right? I am going to sell this to somebody at some point because I don't want this to go to waste. I don't want it to go to a landfill. I want it to serve somebody else. And a simple example of that, low-tech, no-tech thing is this weekend, I sold one of my old phones because I've replaced my old one. Um, I kept it really well, but I replaced it. And how that was done was basically, I had a few people who I have talked to in the past, relationships that I've built in the past under the same circumstances. 
I just reached out and said that, hey guys, I actually am selling one of my old phones, right? I kept it really well. Here's the photos. Here's the stuff like that. Um, do you know anybody who might be looking for it? In 15 minutes, literally 15 minutes, someone just responded and say, hey, I got someone. Here's the number. Why don't you call them? Um, set something up. And that in an hour, I sold it. In one hour, I sold it just because relationships. I didn't rely on, I, I wouldn't say I didn't rely on any tech at all. Like I still rely on my phone and, and messaging and all that, but fine. Facilitated the conversation, the human conversation. Yeah. And when I went there and spoke to the guy, and this is a stranger, a complete stranger as well that I'm speaking to, first time, but I got this number of somebody else. I met the guy, I spoke to him. And we discussed price and he was happy with it. He went with it. And he actually told me this before he left, that he was eyeing that particular model that I had. He wanted it. But because I took time to actually call him, meet up with him, show it to him, talk to him about it, he knew he could get it for cheaper somewhere else, but he decided to buy it for me. And it all happened in one hour. That's that's the thing is, is is that relationship last year, you know, me being in the speak my speaking business collapsed because South Africa had one of the toughest lockdowns in in the world. My son and I just moved out. I'm a single dad. And I have to homeschool. Uh, the innovation business we just started up and the entrepreneur business weren't ticking over. So I'm going like, okay, so I need to build a new life for my son and I in lockdown. And I leveraged relationships. I reached out to 4,000 people on LinkedIn. I went like, hi, I'm doing this. I created a free entrepreneurship course for kids and parents at home. Send it to anybody you know. It's, what are you planning to do during this time and how can I help you? And I did that with 4,000 people. And then they went like, oh, cool. Thank you for this. And people started using it. But then people said, wow, I love this work you should talk to this person. And I remember the one morning I woke up and I, I, and I read an email from a CEO and I started crying. And they said, Willem, you can't believe how long we've been looking for content and training like you have. Can't wait to meet with you and my whole team so we can discuss how we will use your content and training in our programs for the rest of the year. Awesome. And it's a relationship because I reached out and said, can you help me and how can I help you? Yeah, and, and, and think about that. You know, that how can you help people, serve people? The one guy in my incubator program, he, he needed funding for a car wash to get a pressure washer. So I went a little bit sarcastic and I said, hey, hang on, I have a surprise for you. And I, and I hid my hands behind my back and I went like, yeah, and I showed my hands to him. I said, I wash cars with my hands. And I said, you can wash cars with your hands until you run out of capacity and then you get more hands or then the pressure washer. And I said, and it's simple how you work. You walk out of where you live, you walk down the street. If you see a dirty car, go like, I wash cars. It's as simple as that. I wash cars. Simple. You know, I can help you. Can I serve you? Your car's dirty. May I clean it for you? I was speaking at an event in Soweto and I remember this guy, he started washing minibus taxis. So a taxi driver tells you what to do, okay? I would go like, no. But this guy has a nice S-Class Mercedes and a Lamborghini. He started five years ago washing taxis. And he still washes taxis, a few hundred every day. 
But when you go to his car wash now, you can have, have your hair done, your tires replaced, your exhaust fixed, your nails done, everything else. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So the point there is, and I, I, I think where we brought the, the, the point home is, it's simple. You don't need cash. Focus on serving people. Okay, don't look for customers. Ignore customers. Find people with heart and just connect with them on a human level. Hi, I want this. Can I help you with this? Can, do you need this? And if not, if somebody says, oh, just get out. That's fine. Thank you. Speaking to what you said before about that whole complexity, bringing it to some simplicity thing, I would recommend to everybody that, you know what? Think of all the grandest ideas you can, the most complex things you can, and that's important. What you said to your son is really important. Think of all those things because that expands your mind. But you need to bring it down to the smallest denominator you can to get it started. To get it started, you actually need to realize you don't need much. Your example of hands, all you need is yourself, your own body to start things. So if you can find where to start, the simplest thing you can do to start, that is like you being an entrepreneur every single day or a business owner every single day. Because you're, you're figuring out something big, you're starting somewhere small, somewhere simple, and that means you've kind of kind of figured out and imagine that roadmap towards that big thing already because you are starting where you think you can start and you've already imagined all the other little pieces that you can possibly build towards. One last nice exercise I like to use and I, and I use it on the phone call this morning and I said to the guy, if you want to make 100 million this year and build a 100 million business, people are like, wow, that's massive. Okay, cool. It's simple. Okay. Do, do this exercise in the morning when you wake up and before bed when you go to bed and do this for 10 days. Okay, so you think to yourself, how can I create 100 million in value? Well, I can do a hundred one million dollar deal or one million rand or dollar or ringgit deals, but I can envision creating half a million bucks worth of value quite easily. And I can more easily think about 250,000 and 100,000 and stuff like that. And you break it down and go like, okay, cool. Who can help me do this? I never try to do stuff alone. I rarely do stuff alone. That's why I love working with leader, Leaderonomics. It's an amazing team. And I feel that together we, we create amazing experiences. And I love that. And we create massive value for your customers. And that's the thing is go like, okay, cool. And, and, and if you look at just your life, let's say you want to do 10,000 ringgit a month. Cool. Okay. So you have 20 working days. So that's 500 ringgit a day. How can you? Do 500 ringgit, one deal or five deals of 100 ringgit each or 10 deals of 50 ringgit each. That's simple. Let's go and do that. It won't take that long and start doing that and ask yourself, who can help me do this or who has my customer? Actually, that kind of wraps things up quite nicely. But thank you. Before we kind of end, I want to kind of do this quick fire thing with you, right? Because um, I was sort of, Yes, I know it's supposed to be a conversation, but I did some research before we started because I was just curious. I was just curious, like what, what is being put online as challenges to become an entrepreneur or business owner? I was just curious about that. And I, I, I found this list of 10 things. I found this list of 10 things. So I want to kind of do this quick fire thing with you where I'm going to call out these 10 things and I just want to get your thought on how do you think you can overcome this challenge? 
Shoot. Right? So, first challenge. Insufficient capital. Absolute myth. Okay? You're thinking of selling a product. Who has the product? Can you go and sell it for them? You know people. Go belly to belly. I have this product there. There we go. Well, like the one guy in my uh, incubator program, he had 10 customers for the life of the business. And in four hours, he signed up an extra 14 and he asked everybody for a 50% deposit. Boom. Thank you for playing. Next one. All right. Next one. Lack of experience. Ooh, that is such, such a cop out if ever there was. Do you have enough experience, Nigesh? No. Do you? No. Okay. Will you ever have? No. Okay. So just start. If you want to, how do birds learn to fly? They just start and try. Yeah, the mom kicks you out of the freaking nest. So unfortunately, you have to do this yourself. But uh, Or your boss will do it. Either way, I, I suggest you do the jump yourself first. So no, complete lie. You have enough experience. Because why? Because it's simple, isn't it, Nagesh? Didn't we just determine? It's simple. Yep, it's simple. Cool. Thank you. Right. Next one. Next one. Self-limiting thoughts. Ooh, okay. That, that is a, a true thing. I, I, that is a massive thing. And my coach and I smash through those things massively. And, and, and it, it, it is a true thing. Best thing that you can do to, to overcome that. So when last time I spoke in, in Kuala Lumpur, I had to deal with 100 CEOs. Okay? I'm not the CEO at that level. So if I put them on a pedestal, I will diminish myself and they will look at me and go like, who's this little whippersnapper teaching us stuff? If I get cocky and put them in a pit, they're going to eat me alive. So what I did is I looked for the success in myself that I see in them, but in my form. Just one of my customers, he's building a, a city be because of the work that I did with him, his vision expanded and he's building three projects of 40 billion each. Mm -hmm. I go, I do what you do because I've achieved it as well and let's work together. And I do that with every person that I meet and I go, does I put them on a pedestal or a pit and, and how can I have that as a real connection? But also limiting beliefs, work with somebody. Mm -hmm. Work with somebody. Yeah. Okay. That's a true one. Next one, which is number four, but I think this is sort of answered with that whole experience thing. Lack of knowledge. No, Just watch a YouTube and start. <laughs> or shameless plug get nicole learn yes what a beautiful platform i accelerated overnight <laughs> i love that you do your study as well next one fear of the inevitable that's that's normal uh, that happens in dating that happens if i if i go to a rock concert and it, it's life welcome right uh focus on what you can control ignore what you can't but be aware of it. All right. Good stuff. Next one. The cushy job trap. Oh, the golden handcuffs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, 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 that is a tough one, especially uh, if you get a, a proper salary. Mm -hmm. I've got an idea for this one. And this one I would like to recommend to everybody. So a cushy job trap is actually a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. The good thing is, sure, you have... You have taken away one hurdle of being your own business owner, which is your income that's going to come in. But that also means you should not have any excuses to be an entrepreneur within your company. By you practicing that inside a company, 
you actually are being an everyday entrepreneur. Best advice you could give. Apply that what you plan to apply and do in your business, do it where you work. Very good advice. Like that. Yes. All right. Next lady. Next one. Challenge of building a solid team. Okay. You don't need a team to start a business. Okay. <laughs> like I explained previously, you need hands and a mouth and, and a belly. And you just start. And, and if you don't have a product or service, go belly to belly with somebody. Say, do you, do you, what do you do? Do you sell products or services? Can I sell it for you? Okay. I can go and find customers for you. That's it. So, no, teams come later. And usually by the time that you need a team, get a coach to help you navigate the limiting beliefs around a team. All right, cool. Number eight, building a community of customers around your product. Oh, I want to, let me just, where's my dustbin? I want to vomit now. <laughs> Everybody's trying to build a freaking community. I don't want a community because they're always in your case, Okay. I like to solve problems for people, and if I do it well, they leave. Everybody's holding on to, but you have to hold on to these customers. So solve the problem. If you look at the Edinburgh uh, Bridge research out of Australia, they show this whole your existing customer base is your biggest. No, new customers are your biggest opportunity. You know, and, and if, if some of them stick around for a long time, bloody good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, next one, the fear of failure. Fear of failure is, is a real thing, but let me explain it to you like I did uh, to the one CEO I was coaching. So his business was about 300 million, no, 250 million. And I said to him, well, it's simple. Uh, you can lose this business tomorrow and you will build another 250 million business. You're not going to build a 300 million. You're not going to build a 200 million. It'll be a 250 million because that's the level at which you play. I think it's Donald Trump as well. When he was wiped out, he was 800 million in debt. What did he do? Boom, back to the billion. Because that's your level of thinking. So wherever you are playing at now, if you fail, you should keep and start up. But second of all, start with yourself first. Don't design a business around a customer. Design a business around your needs. And this last one, I think we've kind of covered it as well. We started with this where entrepreneurship or business ownership, people think that it can get really complex and you get lost in it. So actually one of the challenges is getting lost in this whole activity of either running a business or being an entrepreneur. Well, I want to suggest you are a customer in your business too. You must be a customer. Ask yourself, okay, so you know how the business is serving the customer, but how's your business serving you? You need to be on the financial plan and strategy and the business model. If your business doesn't serve you, it's like going into a relationship, knowing what the other person wants, giving all of that to them and never telling them what you want. That's a crap relationship. That's an abusive relationship. Hang on. Wow. Aren't most entrepreneurs abused by their businesses? Oh, yes, they are. So just start with yourself first. I am a customer in my own business. What you said there is very important as a final takeaway here. And I'll, I'll hearken this to the, the marriage I have right now, right? This is a really good example. In relationships, people always try to say that, look, I want to love this other person. I want to ensure that there's love between us. I want to be able to care for this person. I need to know that I love this person. Hold on a second. Take a business like a relationship to love the other person 
the first thing you got to do is love yourself. Thank you. If you don't look after your needs, you can't look after somebody else's needs. If you can't look after yourself, you can't look after your customers. If you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of your kids and your and your family. And at the end of the day, that the most simplest thing that you can use to either be that everyday entrepreneur or business owner, which is your own hands, won't be available to you anymore. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Willem. And before we go, if there's something that you're doing right now that you want to shout out everybody so that they know, what would that be? Go ahead. This is your time. Okay, cool. Hi, I'm Willem Ghos. Uh, I'm based in Johannesburg, South Africa. I create jobs in Africa and other third world countries by helping people creating profitable business that can cover their salary in a matter of weeks. In fact, my program brought down the cost of job creation from $30,000 USD per job to below $3,000. If you're in that game and you want to create jobs and stuff like that, reach out to me. I have a target of doing 10,000 this year. If we can do another 10,000, let's play. So if you want to find out more about Willem, we'll link his bios, meaning LinkedIn and whatever other links that he has. We'll put it during the episode release. You can go over, check out, especially what Willem just mentioned just now. I He spoke to me about this about two weeks ago, and I'm never going to let this go at 12 a.m. our time, but it doesn't matter. But when he spoke to me about it and I heard about it, one thing for most, whatever he spoke about today or whatever we spoke about today, serving people, Right, That whole idea of serving people, but especially the fact that he's actually serving himself at the same time and teaching everybody, serve yourself before you serve somebody else. When he told me about this idea, I wanted to find ways that I can back it. I wanted to find ways that we could work together. And, and we're still having that discussion every, every other time. We're just updating each other what's going on and who knows, something may happen. And if you feel at any point you want to contribute or you want to be part of it, He'll love to talk to you, so reach out to him. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. And I've got to do the final plug, but I'm not doing this painfully. I'm doing this with full joy because I do believe in this. Uh, talk to Me is brought to you by Nicole. Nicole is our learning experience platform. And the reason we started this was because we feel learning should be something that you own, not owned by somebody else, not dictated by somebody else. So it's an app which you can self-direct your learning, guide your own learning, be part of a community that needs to learn and also get access to others who wants to share learning with you. So you want to find out more, go over to Nicole.app and check it out. If it's for you, get it right away. Thank you everybody for joining us for this Talk To Me episode. Thank you, Willem, for joining us all the way from South Africa. Thank you. And you have a great evening over there, my man. 